Well, good evening. Uh, come on, good evening. There you go. Good evening. There we go. Uh, hopefully, the singing. I'm glad. Hopefully, the singing school didn't wear you out that bad. Now, come on. Uh, if you if you're worn out, imagine how I feel right about now. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I hope the Lord will bless us for a little while tonight to look into God's Word and be able to glean some good things out of it. Um, as I, you know, I'm very appreciative of what Brother Dolph had said about uh, uh, my father, and I'll be sure to carry back the good news about those that have been able to enjoy the singing school for the time that we were able to have it there in Alabama, and those that benefited benefited from it from from this area. Um, uh, I feel a little guilty. Uh, I have been friends with Brother Lincoln and Brother Graham, but I I feel like I've been a bad friend. And uh, I don't get on the phone and talk as much as I should. And uh, social media is not the type of place for us to have a friendship. Our friendship goes a lot deeper probably than, than probably having a, a relationship through social media. Um, it's probably a reminder to me that I need to get on the phone and check in on both of them more often and be a better friend. Um, if, uh, if I had a subject tonight <clears throat> uh, that was on my mind... I've been very unsettled. Uh, you know, I was, I'm quite nervous as I've began to think about a lot about this weekend. And sometimes you just don't, you, to me, I'm the kind of person to where I read scripture and I read and I read and I study and I read and I meditate and I think about things. And I know that, uh, I, I mean, I know I'm from Alabama, but, and, and, you know, but I always, as, as a preacher friend of mine always told me, he says, he says, always pack a loaded gun. In other words, always have something to say, and uh, and if that's all I had tonight, that's that's what I would do uh, because I have so many thoughts going in so many different directions. But I I settled on a thought this afternoon, and I wrote down several things here that I hope will be beneficial. But uh, the thought or the subject that I would like to present to you is just the word of our Father. Now, if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to Proverbs chapter 1. That's where I'm going to be a little bit. I'm going to be there in Proverbs, and I'm going to try to uh, paint a couple of pictures, but it's not going to be pictures necessarily scripturally. I want to paint a few personal pictures for you. Um, As I begin to read this, I want you to think about yourself. I look across this weekend, and I look at the people that have been here. Many of us are fathers, and then we have children here. Some of us are young parents, some of us are a little bit older in parents that still have children, and some of us are much older and still have children that are here uh, that are also now parents. And as you begin to think about the concept of what the word of your father or the word of our father is, as Solomon would write the book of Proverbs, he's writing to his son, and in several occasions, in several places, you will find where he is trying to get a message across to his son. Now, I don't know about you all, but I was very hard-headed growing up. To get a message across to me, you had to almost doubly prove to me that that was the message. And, that, and, and, and even, even then, uh, I still may not listen. I was very hard-headed. I'm not as much hard-headed in my later years, but growing up, I was very hard-headed. And I think, uh, according to the scriptures, uh, I, I, I found a really good relationship with children of God 
and God's word and the instruction of God's word. And there's something, there's a moment here where we're all going to all of a sudden relate to each other on a different level that maybe we haven't related on to each other before. And that is, we're all hard-headed. We all are going to relate on that one fact is that we're all hard-headed. We know what the word of the Lord says to do, or we know what it says. We know what it's taught. We've heard the Brother Dolph talk about it. We may have heard other ministers talk about it. And we know what it says to do, but we're just not going to want to follow that word. Well, let's begin to read in Proverbs in a couple of places. And I want to see if I can paint a few pictures this evening for you all. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Okay. Kind of reminds me of something that we find over in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, Children, obey your father and mother in the Lord, for this is right, so that thy days may be long on the earth. Okay, so we kind of can make a relationship for maybe Proverbs to something that Ephesians says. But there's something about hearing the instruction of our Father. Uh, so when I think about this scripture, I try to relate it to something that's personal to me that I grew up with. Um, my father, bless, bless him, and I'm going to say it, bless him. And I, I have to look amazed these days at the amount of patience that he must have had with me as a child. Because, as I stated earlier, I was very hard-headed. When I received instruction, it was... Uh, y'all are going to relate to this. My dad would often ask me to take out the trash, for example. And he would say, hey, Derek, take out the trash. I'd say, okay, Dad. And I'd just click. I'm watching television, right? Click. I'm watching something, right? And then a couple of, you know, five minutes later, hey, Derek, I told you to take out the trash. Yeah, Dad, I got it. Click. I'll get him. What a minute. Click. Click. And really, like, really the truth of it is I was ignoring my father, okay? And about the third time around, which with growing up with my dad, I had the three-strike rule. Every day was a plate playing baseball in my house. Three strikes, I was out. I got to strike number three, and it usually re- ended up with being knocked on the head. I got a whooping, or I got something else. I, you know, maybe another disciplinary action. But the whole point is that he gave me an instruction, and I just ignored it. I willfully ignored it, and I knew I was ignoring it. But here he's saying, the, 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 uh, Solomon in writing, in writing the Proverbs is saying, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. There's something in hearing the instruction and, hearing the, you know, and not forgetting the law of, an, of a mother. Now, years later, uh, as I went to college and uh, I had trash of my own, I didn't have anybody else to take out the trash. So guess who got to do it? Well, I did. You're saying, well, Brother Derek, that's a very silly example to talk about. Well, yes, but my father, as just a young, as a young child, in telling me to do something, he's trying to get me in a habit of doing things around the house. And that could be, in a, and, and growing up, uh, you know, Cutting the grass became a, one of my things. In fact, it went from cutting the grass to maintaining larger portions of the grounds to trimming the hedges and picking up and, and uh, putting pine straw and, uh, uh, <clears throat> I guess it would be, 
like bark or something into the flower beds and you know and I'm sitting there you know being told exactly how to do it I don't need to do it like this because I might kill the flowers and all this and it became a lot of instruction and uh, now that I am a householder of my own I remember the little lessons that my parents taught me when I was younger and I have found out that it has been very very helpful and so that's mostly us from time to time we hear the instruction and we're thinking, well, that, that's not applicable right now, so why do I need it? Well, the point is, is that you may not need it right now. You need it in the moment in which you need it. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Y'all bear with me because I'm going to try not to dive off too early into something else. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then... Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. (sighs) Sorry. Growing up, I didn't understand a lot of the instruction that my father was giving me. I wasn't looking in the right places, I wasn't listening. And a lot of times, I wasn't searching for maybe the deeper meanings. I didn't have the capacity at, those, at that age to understand certain things. I wish I did. I, I, I tell you, I wish I could go back in a way and tell my younger self to listen, to respect, to not argue so much. But... That was the kind of person I was. Now as a father myself, I understand things a little bit differently. And I understand a lot of the lessons that he was trying to teach me then. I just didn't understand them then. I wasn't looking in the right place. I didn't receive them, first of all. I didn't hide them really is the way I should have kept them with me. Instead, later in life, I had to go back and try to remember. I was a very argumentative type of child. And uh, I understand now uh, as an adult why my dad got so short-tempered with me because really in his mind, he's just like, just do what I ask you to do. And sometimes I feel like our Lord is that way with us. Our Lord is just trying to say, This is what my word says. He just says, just do it. Just do it. I'm often reminded of the uh, section of scripture that we find over in 1 Samuel chapter 15. I've talked about it maybe with a few of you this weekend. Where Saul was given a very direct order by God to go and destroy the Amalekites. 
And instead of destroying the Amalekites, he'd, and when he said destroy, he didn't just mean to destroy. He said kill the mother, the children, the fathers, all of them, all the lambs and all, or all the livestock. He said wipe them utterly off the face. And here comes Saul. Saul's coming back, and he's he's trying to, uh, you know, it, you know. And again, it's funny to read First Samuel chapter fifteen because you actually see where like the excuses come from. Oh, you know, oh, we're going we're gonna to save the best of the cattle. We're going to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But Saul didn't understand. And when Samuel heard the lowing of the sheep, the bleeding of the sheep, and the lowing of the oxen, we see over in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 26, Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams, just to listen. Just do what they're asking you to do. Just obey. And I, it took me forever to really learn that concept. And I wasn't seeking this wisdom from my father as of silver or for his hid treasures. But then he would turn over, you can turn over to continue there in Proverbs chapter 3, verse, verse 3. My son... Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. See, back then, what I didn't understand is that what my, what my father wanted for me was that if I would just listen to his voice, he's saying, length of days will it add to thee. In other words, son, if you'll just listen to me, I might keep you from going out here on 220 or some one of these roads. That's the only one I remember right now is 220. Uh, and getting into a car wreck, okay? Uh, you know, if you'll just listen to what I'm saying, it may keep you from going and hanging around the wrong people or the wrong types of people or, the, or maybe going in, in, in a direction in which you don't need to go. And length of days and long life. Some of us don't realize how precious life is until it's taken in a moment. Length of days and long life and peace. I don't know about you all today, but in the world and the culture and society that we're living in, I could use a lot more peace. You turn on the news, there's no peace there. You can't even turn on ESPN anymore without getting it political. You know, back then, you know, years, years ago, you turn on ESPN and at least get some sports and be like, oh, yeah, sports, man, stuff. No, it's too political now. Can't even turn on the cartoons anymore, can you folks? Parents, can't turn those on anymore without a few things coming into play. You're sitting there listening, and all of a sudden you're in the kitchen, and all of a sudden your children are watching the cartoon. You're like, what, what did they say? And, you're, and now you're, you're constantly having to have this vigilant personality to make sure that you're protecting your kids and that you make sure that you protect their young minds because your children are very impressionable. You never know what they'll hear and what they'll pick up. And the next thing you know, they say something, you're like, where did they hear that? And then your wife tells you, says, well, you remember the other day when you said so-and-so? I'm like, oh, it was right here, right on me. For length of days... And long life and peace shall they add to thee if we'll just hearken unto the counsel of the word of our Father. Why? And so as I thought about this over the course of the last several weeks, you know, 
uh, and I thought about my own personal examples of how much I wish I would have listened to my own natural father. And if I would have just listened at the point in time and I had that understanding, and if I really searched for the meaning in that time, it would probably have preserved me from a lot of different things. But now we got to take that natural example. Let's get the spiritual example out of it. The spiritual example is this. Our Heavenly Father has left for us a record of all that He has done for you and me. And not only has He left a record of all of what He's done, He's left a record of what He's going to do. And what He's going to do is that one of these days, at a point in time that no man knows, He's going to come back and take His bride to be home with Him. And guess what? This world, there's going to be no more sorrow. There's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more pain. And we're just going to live forever in the world, in heaven, in, in heaven with our Lord, reigning with Him. And we're not only going to reign with Him, but we're joint heirs with Him. And, and over the last several weeks, I've, lo- I've looked a lot at what, how, who we are in Christ Jesus. And we are, we, are, we are heirs with Him. We are joint heirs with Him. We're also kings and priests in Jesus Christ. We're children in Jesus Christ. We're also adopted children in Jesus Christ. We're holy. And many other things that I could describe, but I don't want to take the time to do that this evening. But I wonder why the Lord would tell us so many times to hearken unto His Word. Now, we could go many places. I don't know how many places we could turn, and I don't have the time tonight to turn to all the scriptures and the references of places where men and women in the Bible didn't listen to the word of the Lord. I'm often reminded of one of my favorites, when Moses struck the, struck the rock the second time. First time that, Jesus, that, uh, that the Lord appeared unto Moses when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, he asked, he asked Moses and he says, Strike the rock and the children of Israel will drink from the water that comes forth from the rock. And the second time that they thirsted again, he said, this time speak to the rock. Now, why? Well, let's grab a quick biblical uh, reference out of this. The first, the one reason is that the rock is a symbol of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he was only meant to be struck or crucified once. All right. So what do we get to do now after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the New Testament church? What do you and I get to do? We get to speak to our Lord. And he talks so we get to commune and talk with him through our prayers. But what did Moses do? He struck it again. He struck it twice. And what was Moses' reward for that? He was not allowed to enter into Canaan's land. There are consequences to not obeying the word of the Lord. I was talking to someone today. I think it might have been Brother Graham and his wife. And we were talking about a couple of things and I said, as parents, I said, it's, it's been weighing very heavily on me lately because I want to make sure that I do my best to honor God in the way that I raise my children because I don't want to be that parent when they're 18 or 20 and I'm praying I don't say this. But hey, you never know. It might, it might happen, but I'm praying it doesn't. But I don't want to look back and say, well, what happened? You ever have that happen? You ever know of friends, family, of things of, of that nature that have happened? They get to be 18, 19, 20 years old and say, well, I don't know what happened. And then, you know, you, you think back to all the times where maybe they didn't go to church. There wasn't as much love in the family. Maybe the family was broken in some, in some manner or form. 
the family didn't honor God and what they were doing. Maybe the family didn't go to church. I'm not sure. There's a lot, uh, any number of things that it could be. But I never want to be that parent that says, well, I wonder what happened. And you know what? Maybe this is a humbling moment. 20 years from now, that'll happen exactly to me. I pray not. I pray not. But one of the things that I want you to understand or to grasp tonight is that if you do not raise your children, this will. Almost dropped it. This will. Television will. iPads, iPhones, computers. If you do not raise your children, something else will. Video games. I live in the generation that grew up with video games. Loved video games. I'm talking about Nintendo original, 1983-85 edition. Come on, folks. That was my that was my Nintendo. Then you had the Nintendo Super Nintendo. Then you had the Sega Genesis. Then you had uh, Nintendo 64. Now, after 64, you had Xbox and PlayStation. Then I'm sure there's like 100 different Wiis and all these other things that have come out since then that I know nothing about. And uh, I will tell you this. If that is your idea of raising your children is because they are bothering you. Catch what I'm saying. You've, you and your spouse have committed together to come together and to have a child. And now that child is old enough. And now because they are bothering you. Just go play your video game. Just leave me alone. Just leave, leave me alone. I just, I, I, I don't, just go. Is that raising your children? If you don't take time to be with them... Oh, that video game will raise that child. It'll work on their imagination. It'll work on their thoughts. Chapter 3 of Proverbs says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For lengths of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Why would he say, forget not my law? Think it's possible you can forget? I was talking to Sister April this afternoon, and I'm sorry, Sister April, I will not be able to repeat your last name at this moment in time, okay? And I was sharing with her something that I'm very good at remembering faces, but I'm not very good at remembering names. It was not a skill. I'm really still working on that skill set. But I'm trying my hard not to be a forgetful person. The, 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 the one of the most embarrassing things for me personally is when somebody says, Hey, Derek, good to see you. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. You know, I, 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 that's embarrassing to me. Uh, so now over the course of the several years, I've really tried to work on my memory and I don't want to forget things. Uh, I was telling, uh, I was telling brother, uh, <laughs> brother Dolph that I have not forgotten what he spoke about there at the, uh, at the preacher's meeting. And I cheated, kind of, because I did write it down. It's in this book right here. But uh, I still remember one of the stories that he told. And uh, I'm trying to remember things that, and, and better. And why? Because I'm scared to, to forget certain things. And I'll tell you one thing. Is each of, each, as, as, a, as a child of God, it should scare you to forget the law of your Father, your Heavenly Father, and His Word. Because at the very point in time in which you need it, you want to recall it. But then it's, well, doesn't it say something in the Bible? Doesn't, you know, doesn't it say something over there in this and that? You know what? Let me go ask Google. 
You ever, you ever run into that? I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of the Googling for Bible verses. Sister Deborah reminded me last night, we were talking about Blue Letter Bible app, get you one. It'd be a good, good useful tool for you. Get you a Blue, Bet- a blue Letter Bible app. Better yet, call your pastor. I heard he's retired now. He might have some time. I don't know. Just kidding. Uh, call him, ask him what, what a good Bible verse would be or how to help you in a particular circumstance. Because the warning over in Hosea 4, verse 6, he says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, so now we, now, now we have a couple of things. Not only do you have a lack of knowledge, but then you're destroyed for rejecting the knowledge. He says, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. In other words, you've now forgotten the law, you've rejected the knowledge, and now you have a lack of knowledge. And, I, and this is the way I've paired it with my, my natural father. And when I was young, I, I had, I, and then I went off to college, I lacked a lot of knowledge. I lacked a lot of just things that I needed to know because I rejected the instruction of my father. And, then, and the things that he tried to teach me, I didn't know them. I'd forgotten them because I just was not paying attention. And so one of the things that we need to grasp out of this is that we need to be of ready minds that we are prepared to hear the word of God. We don't want to be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And frankly, I don't want to reject the knowledge of God. And I don't want God's people to reject the knowledge of God. I don't want them to reject his teachings. Too many times as a child, I was there in my in my parents' home, and somebody, or, you know, maybe a family or a couple or somebody came to counsel in my father's home, and my father is a, is a minister, and he's trying to give them good godly counsel, and then I can still, I can still hear it. It's like, a, it's like a burning sound in my ear where, where they would leave the house, and he says, they ain't gonna listen. And I can hear my mother, why do you say that? I can just tell you, they, they, at, at every turn, they just argued with everything the word of the Lord said. Argued with everything the word of the Lord said. We come together on Sunday morning to worship. And to this week, this weekend, we did a singing school. You know that singing school, the last five sessions that we did, you know it's only good if you actually take what you, what you learned and then actually go and build off of it? If you just let it sit, if you just let it be there and say, well, that was fun, and then a year from now you'll say, our singing still isn't that good. Well, what have you done to continue the growth and the teaching that was, that, that was presented. Brother Dolph, as a pastor of this church, thinks the same way about the church. He comes up, he, he's spent time probably doing Bible studies with his congregation. I know he does an excellent job of giving you the ability or helping you to have the ability to learn in different ways. And I admire him for the effort that he has put into doing that. And I tell you, if you walk out of here Sunday after Sunday and you're not growing off of that then you're as just as though that those that are mentioned here in Hosea, you're rejecting the knowledge. And it shouldn't be a shock when you have forgotten. I was talking to a brother, and I'm not going to call him out this evening. But he was, I mentioned this earlier today as well. I want to mention it again because I think it's important. 
And I want to actually, but you know what? Let's, let's not go that route. Let's just do this. Do you even believe wholeheartedly with all the fire that you have that it was nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ? Come on, folks. Y'all got to help me out. I am tired a little bit, and I need more energy than this. I need more energy than this. Do you actually believe that it was nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ? All right. If you believe that, I'll ask you the second question. Who have you shared it with? Who have you talked with it about? Are you ashamed of it? Let's ask that question. Because Paul would tell the church at Rome, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For I am ready, if so he's like, I'm ready to preach to the church that is here at Rome. Are you ashamed of it? Or are you actually happy? Because here's what, I'm tell, here's what I'm saying. If you are not ashamed of it, if you believe it wholeheartedly, then you will take it and you will teach it to your children. And you will do everything in your power, not only to teach it to your children, but to teach it to your neighbors and to your loved ones and all of those other people that you come in contact with because you love it that much. But because we don't love it that much, we forget it. Is it important to you? If it's important to you, you don't forget it. I remember growing up, my mother, bless her heart, I'd see her in the kitchen and she's just in there. Yeah. I'd see her making, I'm like, what are you doing, Mom? She's making biscuits. Where's the recipe, Mom? She goes, I know this. You know what? That recipe was important to her. So important, she never forgot the recipe. She knew how much bread, she, uh, how much flour she needed. She knew how much buttermilk she needed. She, I don't even know the recipe. I'm just thinking of maybe what goes in biscuits right now. But um, I'll tell you right now, she, just, she knew that recipe. And then my, one of my mom's favorite things was to make chocolate and biscuit, chocolate syrup. That's like, I don't know if that's a thing up here, but that was the thing back over with my mom. And, you know, so she makes chocolate dessert. She was telling us she's having it tonight uh, when we were on our way here. And I'm sure she is sitting there making that chocolate syrup, not with a recipe or not anything else. But you know why she's never forgot it? One, she did it over and over and over again. And it was important to to her because out of all nine children, she's one of nine. She's the only one that can make her mother's biscuits. It was important to her. How important is the word of God to you? That you would remember it. My son, hear my commandments. They'll be as an ornament of grace around, and they should be chains about thy neck. Forget not my law. There's for length of days and long life, and peace will add if we don't forget the word of our Father. Because the danger is, is that we could forget it. And what happens when we forget it? I can tell you what happens when I forgot things. This is a funny story to me. Not funny to y'all, funny to me. My dad was very meticulous growing up. I got a double dose of what they call OCD from my parents. Yes, I do. My dad is still picked on by his sister-in-laws, my mom's sisters, about his sock drawer being in order. Blues with the blues, black with the blacks, whites with the whites, dress trocks with the dress. Anyways, all right, my sock drawer is the same way. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it is. All right, 
And I got a double dose. My mom, same way, you know, very meticulous. She used to do this. She would ask me to dust our rooms as children. And I'm talking about from an early age, like six, seven. I mean, mom would say, oh, I didn't have y'all. Yes, you did. I, I remember. Before we'd go outside and play, we had to dust the room. And that meant within dust and a rag. That didn't mean a feather duster. That meant with the, with the liquid stuff where we were. Oh, and we couldn't go around the stuff. No, we had to take everything off the dresser, clean, and then everything had its place. Everything had to go right back in order. And then when mom would get done, we get done, we we're like, hey, mom, we're ready to go outside and play. She'd come in there like the one with the white glove. And yes, she caught me using the feather duster a couple of times. Yes, she did. Uh, but that was, that, was, that was what we did. So there was always an inspection. There's always an inspection. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the Father the Son, in whom he delighteth. I didn't really like the correction a lot of times growing up from my natural father. Um, most of us hated it. I'm sure y'all have heard this before. This is going to hurt me, then it's gonna, more than it's going to hurt you. Anybody heard that? Oh, I'm doing this because I love you. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I got you. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as, the fa- even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. What happens when we forget? What happens when we don't do the right? Well, we get the correction side of it. We get the chastening of it. We, in other words, what happened to me when I did not dust the room? I got to do it all over again. And then when I got done doing it all over again, I didn't get to go do whatever I wanted to do. I had to go and not, you know, probably play with, instead of playing with friends, I had to do something else. My father, this is one of my favorite things about talking about my father's, he had a method uh, to cutting the grass, okay? And when he would cut the grass, it was, he, he started at a certain point. There was a certain way to cut on the, the, the lawnmower. Better do that right. Then there was a certain spot he started. There was a certain pattern he did. And then when he got done with that pattern, you didn't, you didn't just veer off the unbeaten path and start. No, you, just, you, you continued on to a certain area. You do that area and do that a certain way. And then once you got all that done, if you got all that done right, and then you had to... There was a certain spot you had to empty the grass clippings, and then it was, oh, now you got to weed eat. And you didn't just weed eat around the driveway, a certain area. No, everywhere that you were told to weed eat, and then everywhere else that he thought about telling you, but he didn't tell you. Y'all catch on to that later. Because usually later, after I got done weeding, and I got done blowing, and I thought, Job well done. Well, then here comes Dad in from work, and he comes in. He says, son, you cut the grass? And I'm thinking, you drove right past it on the way in. Didn't you see, you know? And, and he's like, don't get smart with me, boy. I'm, like, I'm sorry, Dad. Sorry. Apologize. And he says, come on, let's go. And so we'd go, we'd walk the yard. And he'd start, he'd start pointing me out, where did I miss? You didn't do this over here. Yeah, you didn't, you, you didn't do this over here. Yep. Were you just not looking? Did you, were, did you not just even go over here, you know? And I'm like, oh, goodness. And then, so what did Derek get to do the next day? He got to do all the things he didn't do that right the first time. 
And there was correction. In other words, he had, he had, and there was a pattern to it. And you know what? Our Heavenly Father has a pattern. Have you ever, you know, I'm talking about cutting grass, but have you ever thought about the high priest and what all he had to do before he went into sacrifice? What if he just forgot to do something? What was the result? He was dead, right? I'm so thankful my dad didn't kill me ever not waiting in some area. I tell you what, that, that just that makes me so happy. But our Lord, but with our Lord, you know, when, uh, when with the high priest and, and the and the order in which he had to wash and the ro- and, and putting on the garments of everything that he had to do before he was able to enter into the holiest of holies to offer sacrifice, there was an order in which he had to do it. But you know what? There's an order for us today. It's called the Word of God of what we're supposed to do, how we're to raise our families, how we're to ha- worship together. How we're to live our day-to-day life. And how we're to interact with people. Even people we don't like. You know that? Bible tells us, as you've heard it said. I go over to Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is. Might be at the end of chapter, in the end of chapter 5. He says, you've heard it said, to hate your, you're to hate your enemies. Jesus says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Even when we're not, we don't like certain folks or certain things that are going on in the world today we're still to love them we're still to love them despise not the chastening of our lord in other words the chastening is good for us for the children i was talking to brother graham this and his his dear wife at lunch i said you know it's hard it is as a father now myself it's hard for me to correct my children it hurts i don't i can't even explain why but it hurts do you know our, our Heavenly Father doesn't, he doesn't get enjoyment out of having to chasten us and to correct us? But you know why he does it? Why does he do it? Because he loves us. You say, well, why does he love us? I don't know. Sometimes I look at my children. I don't know. But I do love them. You know, I do love them. I love my children. And I kind of begin to get this different picture now as I read God's word and as I'm reading his instruction. He loves us. So what about, so what should we do? If, if we find ourselves in these situations and we find ourselves where we're in a, a situation of chastisement or chastening or correction from our Lord, what should we do? Well, I, I, I'm going to encourage you tonight, go and read Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is almost just a dedication to the word of God about a loving of God's Word. And if we start in verse 9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? In other words, how is he going to clean up his way? Remember, the way of the Lord does not need cleansing. You may not be thinking the way I'm thinking right now. Go back over to Proverbs and read a couple places. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. There is a way. And you and all of us here tonight, we have our way. We, have, we, we like our way. And I, and I was talking about some of this maybe during the singing school as we were talking about uh, pride this afternoon. And I'll tell you, we love our way. We love our way. But if you want to clean up your way, if you want to fix your way, if you want to do something different, in other words, you don't want to follow after the pride of, of life and the things of this world, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed Thereto, according to thy word. Take heed to it. Listen to it. Meditate upon it. 
With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Have you hid the word of God in your heart? You say, what are you talking about, Brother Derek? Have you literally hid the word of God into your heart? I bet most of us could hear, again, I'm, not, I'm in Virginia, so I'm not really good with probably what's popular in music and whatever else here. But I can guarantee you, I could probably, it wouldn't take me very long, you've hit a lot of things in your heart that are not profitable to your godly walk. If you grew up in the, in the 80s, you might know ACDCs, back in black, you know, whatever. You know, all those popular songs of that day. You've hid that. If you can regurgitate that and you can sing that song, you've hid it in your heart. But why would you want to hide an ACDC song in your heart? I don't know. Anyways, y'all ask that question, figure it out. I don't know. In other words, we've talked about singing this weekend. What have you hid in your heart? What are you hiding in your heart? Are you hiding the word, the word one, the word of God, the scriptures of God? But also, are you hiding the, the scripture songs that we sing, the words that we were singing this weekend? Have you hid those in your heart? I want to encourage you to hide it into your heart. Why? Because we all get discouraged. We all get in trouble, and we all have trials that come our way. And some, I'm not going to get this out, some shape, form, or fashion. And it's all different amongst all of us. The Bible tells us over in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know what? In this world, you know what? Trouble and trial are going to happen. Things aren't always going to go your way. Things aren't always going to work out the way you would like them to. I certainly didn't want the first miscarriage that Sammy and I had. I certainly didn't want the second. Some of us don't want to have certain illnesses. Praise God for that good report. Some of us didn't want to have to experience COVID the last two years. Some of us didn't want to have to work from home or make sacrifices. And some of us may not have, may have lost our jobs and had to change jobs and things happen. Troubles and trial come your way. But what did you do in that moment? Most of us probably weren't very merry. We didn't feel like singing. But maybe as James 5, 13 would tell us, did you stop to pray? Did you stop to talk to God? Did you stop to consider what does His Word tell us to do in these moments? One of my favorite songs, we sang it earlier today, Bless Jesus while in mortal flesh. I hold my frail abode. That song will always be very special to me is because when I'm down, that's one of the songs I sing. Because on the second verse, is on the dear cross, I fix my eyes and I raise them to his seat. The cross is one thing to look at, but I'm not looking at the cross and I don't think any of y'all need to be looking at the cross anymore. The cross was good, 
But even the Lord despised the cross and the shame thereof. You know where I'm looking? I'm looking to a victory, victory captain, you know, a captain of that, that led captivity captive that is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God because I'm looking to the place where he sits now, leading victoriously. That's where I'm looking. I'm thankful for what he did on the cross, but I'm not looking to the cross anymore. I'm looking to the victorious Jesus Christ. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. You say, why did I say it that way? That's because there's an exclamation point there. Oh, how I love thy law. So what it says, I think I read that right. I know I'm from Alabama and uneducated, but come on. There's an exclamation point there. But how often do you and I not read it that way? Come on, folks, let's admit a few things to ourselves. We love the, we love the law of the Lord, or we love the word of the Lord when it makes us feel good. When it makes me feel all bubbly inside. Dare I say, it's when you get it done with a good old grace sermon. I say it that way. I'm not belittling grace. I love grace. I preach grace. And I'm trying to encourage people because of grace. Okay? That's my ministry. I grew up in, in, in churches where that's all I ever heard until I realized there's more in there. And now I can say, oh, how I love thy law. You know, it's good. It's good for me. It's good for you. It's good in, mold, in, 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 a, in a wonderful array of ways. He says, it is my meditation all the day. All the day. All day long. I, I want to meditate on it in the morning. I want to meditate it in the, e- in the evening. I want to, you know, all day long, in the afternoon and in the evening. My son sings a song. There's a new popular song out by... A Christian group, I think it's Crowder or David Crowder. I don't know which one it is. There's like either a David Crowder or just a Crowder. But anyways, it's called Good God Almighty. And there's nothing better than I love hearing my little my boy saying, say, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the evening, or afternoon, Jesus in the evening, or something like that. Love him in the morning, love him in the afternoon, love him in the evening. I'm like, that's awesome. And when I heard that, because he's the one who kind of, I learned the song through him. And I asked him, I was like, where did he hear that out? And of course, I learned where the song. But yeah, all the day long. Jesus in the morning, afternoon, evening, all day long. That's when we need him. I meditate all, he says, it is my meditation all the day. And of course, one of my favorite verses, Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As I was leaving here last night, uh, I remember getting back to Brother and Sister Painter's house. And I remember telling them that I went really, really slow. And the reason was is because it was raining last night, right? I'm on roads I don't know. There's not reflectors to help my color blindness. I'm not completely colorblind. I just couldn't see the lines. I'm just so. If, when y'all, I'm gonna let all y'all leave before I leave tonight. That way, make so y'all so y'all feel safe. And uh, but the lights that I have on my head on the on on my car, they light my path. 
Well, much like the Word of God, it, it is the Word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light to your path. In other words, you ought to allow that Word to light where you were going. In other words, you're, you're coming to decisions. Who am I going to date? Where am I going to go to college? What kind of job am I going to have? I'm getting close. Maybe I'm thinking about marriage. Or maybe I'm thinking about having kids. Are, are you allowing the Word of God to influence those decisions? There were decisions that me and my wife had to make long before we got married. One it was about us going to church together. I told her at the time, maybe I thought, I was like, I'm pretty sure I may be called into the ministry. I said, and I really want you to go with me and attend these churches. And she traveled all over the place with me. And it was not easy on her, but I am so thankful that we took the time before we got married to discuss those things. And what about children? You know, I, I, you know I, I'm just so thankful that she wanted children and I wanted children. Now, she came from a big family of five children. Well, I came from three children, and I know she still wants four. And, you know, maybe there's some other dreams there with that, uh, maybe of, of other things that I'm not going to bring up tonight. But I'm just going to tell you, there were discussions that had to happen. Is she going to work once the children were home? Or, or once the children were born? Excuse me. Was she not going to work? How did we make financial decisions? Does she have her money and I have mine? Or is it ours? These are big things I'm talking about. And it's about how, you, I mean, when the word of the Lord talks about two people becoming one, well, why would we be one and have separate bank accounts and other things? Okay? I've got good sound wisdom for, for on more on that, but just briefly throwing some nuggets out there for you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Where are you going to college? Is there a church there? If somebody, I mean, think about it. I knew I grew up at the, I grew up in an area where at the University of Alabama there were plenty of churches, plenty of churches nearby. At the University of Auburn there were not a lot of churches. Brother Graham knows about this. There's there's a church there right close to the fourth there in Columbus, Georgia, but it's still about 45, 50 minutes away from Auburn, Alabama. But yet a lot of people attended the the Auburn University, and a lot of them don't go to church at all anymore. And you say, what happened? Well, there wasn't a church nearby for them. They say, well, maybe there was a different church. Sure, fine. I'm saying a lot of people I know don't go to church anymore that ended up going to that university. When you're getting married, does he, want, does he go to church? Do you want to go to church? Do you want to go to church together? Those are a lot of good things. The Word of God guides you to how to make those decisions. If I can find a place to close tonight, I'll close it this way, and we'll try to pick up on a few things, maybe tie in some things, but go on to some more things tomorrow morning if the Lord will bless. After the Apostle Paul heard about the faith of the church at Colossae, Colossae, he writes unto them and he says this in verse 9 of chapter 1. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, heard of what? Heard of their faith. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I think that is the prayer of every minister that preaches to congregations that have a desire to want to grow in the knowledge and grace of Jesus Christ. Is that I want you all to be filled. Not partially filled. Not just get a little, you know, 
like, you know, we're not on diets when it comes to the Word of God. We need to be real, we need to be obese when it comes to the Word of God, okay? Thank you. At least I got one for that one. That was all. <laughs> we need to be filled with the knowledge of the, of the will, the wisdom of the spiritual, with, uh, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may... Why? Why are we supposed to be filled with it? Why are we supposed to be filled with this Word of God that He has given us, the Word of our Heavenly Father, so that we may be able to walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing? So that not we're out of here trying to please the world. We're not going to do that, folks. The world is at enmity with, against God. The, world, the world's going to walk their way. And we have our way. We're going to follow the way, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who, who calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we're going to do. We're going to follow the way by walking pleasing unto the Lord, so that we may be, be, be able to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful. Fruitful in every good work. In other words, there's an expectation. Me and, brother, me and Brother Dolph were talking about this. He, he was telling me about a time that he preached a sermon. Five years, once a quarter, every quarter for five years, that's 20 times. Somebody asked him, says, when are you going to stop preaching? He says, when you start doing it. <laughs> you know? And I love that about Brother Dolph's, you know, that story. He says, but what, what is our desire? That we're fruitful in it. In other words, there's an expectation of all of us that we do God's Word, and that we become fruitful, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, not ours. We're not doing this for self-gain. Paul would write to the Philippian church that we not do things, uh, and I want to make sure I don't misquote these, he says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. He says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but everything, every, every man also on the things of others. He says, strengthen with all might, verse 11, Colossians 1. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. We're doing this all according to his power, not for self-gain, not for all of, you know, for us to somehow get pats on the backs and all these things. It's pleasing unto God. And we're going to talk, I'm going to get to some of that tomorrow. I'm going to have to stop there with that statement because if I'm not, I'll touch on my, myself for tomorrow. Strengthen with all might according to this glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Strengthened unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. I can't find a place in the Word of God where He says it's easy. I'm sorry. I love my dad, so I'm not going to go back to a dad example. He looks and says, I, went, I remember when I got my job, and I remember we wasn't probably for several months into working. I said, man, this is hard. He goes, at what point did you ever think I had it easy, boy? love my dad it's always straight to the point and I'll tell you according to God's word he never said it was going to be easy but he did say this Matthew 11 he says if you take his yoke upon you he says the burden was it will be easy see it's not easy naturally 
it's easy spiritually. You catch what I'm saying? We're going to be tired. We're going to be broken down. But he can give you the spiritual strength that you need. For his burden is easy. and his, For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's what I was trying to get out of. Matthew chapter 11. Think about those things that, we're t- that, we, that we have been mentioned. I want you to pray about them tonight. Because tomorrow morning as we gather together to worship, I want to talk about the subject of blessings. I have told you tonight about the Word of God and how we ought to hide it in our heart, how we ought to meditate upon it. And if we'll do these things, if it will be length of days and long life and peace. Don't forget peace. It's going to be coming tomorrow. But I want to talk about the blessings of God if we will just use what the Lord has given us. And if we use His tool belt and not our own, what joyous and marvelous things we will see in the coming days. And it will all give the praise and honor and glory to God because it was all His to begin with. May God bless you this evening and I hope you will sleep well.